The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, December 6, 2018, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. My name is Bob High. Hello, Bob. Coming up on today's show, the great Jody Hamilton from The Stephanie Miller Show is here. She's sitting right over there. I can't see her, but I know she's sitting right over there. Uh, we're getting closer to a mandatory revote in the North Carolina 9th after Republican operatives messed with a bunch of absentee ballots down there. This is a huge scandal and a huge issue. Not sure why uh, the cable networks aren't uh, covering this more often, but, you know, the cable networks. Uh, The Dow is down another 500 points today because we can't have nice things anymore. Trump always has to ruin Christmas, doesn't he? And, oh, speaking of Trump, he uh, managed to mostly not embarrass himself during Bush 43's funeral yesterday. But he had to have hated the fact that Melania was sitting shoulder to shoulder with a virile African-American man who will always be way more popular than Trump. Ha and ha, Biff. Oh, by the way, if you're planning on avoiding the insane retail stores by shopping online this year, make sure to use our Amazon link just beneath the logo at bobsuska.com. Using our link will take you to the front page of Amazon where you shop as normal, but because you used our link, we receive a small commission on some of your purchases, right? Meanwhile, you can also use our Chris Lavoie Banded Masculine link beneath the logo to shop for man-scented candles for all the guys on your list and lesbians if you're paying attention. And don't miss Chris's uh, all-new spiked eggnog and gingerbread man-scented candles. They smell awesome. Very Christmassy. And thank you for shopping through our Amazon link for the holidays. And now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up. Never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show. Presented by BubbleGenius.com. Christmas time in New York, which means millions will be heading to the city to celebrate. Here with some tips on what New York can offer is our city correspondent, Stefan. So, Stefan, lots of people are heading here for a great New York Christmas. Do you have any tips on what they can see and do? If you're old or into fashion, I've got the place for you. New York's hottest holiday club is Blitzen. And right now, they're having their 12 days of Christmas dance party. Oh, 12 days of Christmas. Now, see, that sounds nice. Because it has everything. 12 Jack Delbinos, 11 Little Richards, 10 Piercer Babies, 9 Asian Balkies, 8 Gay Aladdins, Seven psycho swearing, six Porta screechings. Puerto Rican screeches. Of course. <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. We all knew that. We all knew that. Five homeless Elmos. <laughs> Four cooked up frogs, three French hens, Taylor Negron. <laughs> and a human parking cone. So. Lay it on me, my man. What's your question? Uh, all right. <laughs> My question was, what's a, a human parking cone? Yes, it's that thing of when two jacked midgets <laughs> paint themselves orange and you have to parallel park between them. Bob Seska! This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. The Bob Seska Show. <laughs> All right, here we go. It is the Trump Crisis Day 686. 698 days until the 2020 presidential election. 
And hey, look, it's my friend Jody Hamilton. Jody on the show. Hi, Jody. Hello, Bob. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. I'm glad the power is working. And my computer also messed up this morning, so that was fun. Oh, my God. My computer always messes up. (laughs) My computer is messing up like three, four times a day where everything just seizes up. I don't know what the hell the problem is, but just everything on the screen just freezes, except for my, I can move my mouse around, but everything else freezes up and I hate it and I just want to throw the whole thing out the window. Of course, I'm always having computer problems. If you've listened to the show long enough, you know. That uh, it's, you know, just more computer problems. Oh, (laughs) it's Thursday. Of course there are. Um, So, oh, my God. I don't know if you had a chance to listen yet, Jody, but uh, we had Mark Hughes from Forbes.com. He joined us on Earth One yesterday to talk nerd movie things. Um, We hit all the big topics, the Marvel Universe, including what's next for the Avengers, as well as the DC Universe, motion smoothing, VR technology, the Oscars. Oh, my God, and so much more. And then, of course, the Golden Globes came out today. So, uh, uh, you know, we could have talked about the Golden Globes yesterday, but I'm not that smart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, but, you know, the nerds are also out on our Patreon page right now. So go go to patreon.com slash Bob Seska show and you can listen to the whole interview. It's a free presentation. And while you're there, please consider supporting some of our bonus content there by signing up on our Patreon page. Thank you very much for doing that. So as I said uh, a second ago, the Dow is down another 500 points. It is the uh, the Donald Trump instability. I mean, I was saying mm-hmm. this back in 2015. I was like, if this guy ever gets elected, and I hope he doesn't. This is me back in 20, 2015. If he gets elected, Jody, that he's going to destabilize everything. And oh, hello, here we are. <laughs> he's destabilized mm-hmm. everything. Uh, stock market's up and down, you know, and a recession is looming. And that's what terrifies me the most about watching the economy in such chaos, which is that, uh, you know, have obviously having been through the uh, the last recession. <laughs> oh, right. oh, yay me. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm watching very carefully the portend of the next one. And uh, the best advice, really, in, in all seriousness, the best advice I can give is that uh, you need to save up as much money as you can. I mean, even just right. a little bit. If you can save up a little bit off of a paycheck, do that because mm-hmm. you don't want to get screwed if the recession happens and suddenly you lose your job. They say you should have six months worth of savings stacked up. Ooh, that's a lot of money it for a lot a, of people. It is a lot of money. It's it's yeah, nearly it's impossible. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I was never, ever, ever able to do that. Uh, and and some of us can, and and lucky you, and so and most of us can't. So right. I mean uh, that's that's insane. I thought it was three months, but they they're recommending six months now. Wow. Oh uh, well, yeah. Is it three months? It may be three months. I mean, three months can't hurt. <laughs> I mean, you no, might, I mean, I mean a month can't hurt. Anything can help, but wow, six months is an awful lot to have to squirrel away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can't do that, at the very least, pay down as much of your credit card as you can. Because yeah. I mean, I'm almost I'm, all paid off on mine. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting really, <laughs> really close myself, and you know, I, uh, frankly, I'm still paying off a little bit of debt on my credit card from the tail end of the last recession. For God's sake! Oh, so, I know that. Yeah, and, and and the thing that really screwed me going into the previous recession was the fact that I had all of this debt build up because of my business at the time. I ran an animation studio, and we accumulated all this debt. And so when things were going sour as far as revenue and income for myself, I had no credit to lean on. I couldn't you know, say, well, okay, 
I'm going to put this on a credit card. I'm going to put this on a home equity loan or something like that. And none of that was available to me. I was just, I, I just went into a recession in the worst way possible. So, I mean, of course, this doesn't mean there's going to be a recession. I mean, take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. I'm not Paul Krugman. I'm not a, a trained and licensed economist. But, I mean, I have been there before, and I do know some of the warning signs, and I'm seeing some of the same warning signs from the last one happening all over again. All of this deregulation, they, you know, the Republicans wanted to, or the, actually they did vote to uh, undermine a lot of the protections that were passed as part of Dodd-Frank, which right. was, the, you know, a big regulatory uh, piece of legislation that was passed in the uh, in the wake of the last recession and the re- republicans with their short attention spans decided well why do we have this i mean what what is this dot what what could this have been all about uh well it was your previous president you idiots george w bush thank you very much mm-hmm. so speaking of george w bush uh we all watched the funeral yesterday did you see any of that uh, jody i heard uh junior uh at the towards the end of his uh, eulogy crying, which I it broke my heart to hear him cry. Oh, double, yeah, W. It's, it's always hard yeah. to see like grown men, especially men that you just generally don't like. And then when they cry, yeah. suddenly, you know, the my sympathy cortex goes starts going wait. off and I'm like, oh, poor W. Oh, wait a minute, well, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know but it's like, you know, it's his dad and you got to look at it like a son burying his dad and having buried my father, I, you know, I can yeah. totally empathize with that. And mm-hmm. um, I was just, you know, it, when I had an opportunity to meet Junior, um, I chose not to. Really? Good for you. Um, because it's there's a certain thing you're supposed to do, and rightfully so, is honor the office. Right, calling and, Mr. President and, and all that. Yeah, and just being polite and respectful and all those fun things. And <laughs> um, I was lucky I wasn't forced to meet him. It was at the Kennedy Center Honors in 2005, and oh, we wow. were at the White House. And, um, That's when your your, first, mo- your mom was honored in that one, right? I exactly, uh, exactly. And I had yeah. gone to the Kennedy Center um, in 85, 20 mm-hmm. years earlier, and I met Ronald Reagan, um, because I was kind of forced to, as we were being introduced, there was the receiving line. Yeah. And so there's the president and, and, and Mrs. Reagan and Bush and Mrs. Bush. And, you know, it was Mr. President, you get your picture taken, yada, yada. So when yeah. we were walking in to the White House, I was like, oh, God, please don't be the same thing as it was 20 years ago. And luckily it wasn't. It was a choice. You had to go to a whole different room to go yeah. meet the president. And I was like, you know, I can't in good conscience say it's an honor to meet you, Mr. President, when it... I'd be lying to him at the time. Yeah. yeah, it was. It's a. It's a wacky thing to end up in that situation where. Um, but it, you know, though I did though though that that's just to interrupt that same evening when we walked into the White House. I had to use the ladies' room, and and it's a big it's a big house. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so we're upstairs where they kind of corralled all of us, and I look mm-hmm. at my sister, and I said. And I see Poppy Bush. I see H W and Barbara, and I'm like, well, they used to live here, <laughs> right? They'll know where the bathroom is. I came, I was within, I was so close to going up to them and saying, Mr. President, Mrs. Bush, I don't know where the ladies' room is. I didn't do it. <laughs> and I'm so sure they bad. would have been very nice about it. I'm sure they would have just shown me where to go. Yeah. Um, I did ask a security person at that point, but, but we did meet um, 
Bush Sr. that same evening, he came, we were mm. sitting, my mother, my aunt, my sister, and I were all sitting at this little table, and he came up to us, and he was very handsy on my aunt. He started massaging her shoulders. Wow. Um, but, that, that's yeah. friendly and familiar. It was very friendly, um, <laughs> and she was looking, like, her eyes were like, what is going on? Um, he was very charming and very nice, and, and that was my extent of, you know, having sort of a conversation with one of the Bushes. Yeah. Uh, but I felt bad for his, I felt bad for Junior yesterday, because it's his daddy. Well, it's a good thing you didn't ask W about where the bathroom was because he would have sent you the wrong room. <laughs> that's very <laughs> that's, true. That's an Iraq war joke. He invaded exactly. the wrong country. <laughs> but if you, you if you missed uh, George W. Bush uh, breaking down during his eulogy for his father yesterday, here's a, uh, here's a clip of uh, what happened with George W. Bush at uh, the National Cathedral yesterday. This is the money man. That's right. Any money. We should everybody a very happy holiday. That's a Merry Christmas, a happy Hanukkah, and everybody have a safe and wonderful new year. Wait, that was the money Yay! man. That's right, Eddie Money. It's Christmas. It's Yay! a Christmas Christmas on the show. The <laughs> first appearance of the, the money man, that's right, Eddie Money, <laughs> through his cocaine nose. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can just, you can hear the cocaine falling out, practically falling out of his nose as he talks. That's right. So here's the actual clip of George W. Bush from uh, from yesterday's eulogy. It's the money man. That's oh, wait, right. Money. No, I keep doing it. Happy holiday. It's the That's wrong a Merry tape. A happy Hanukkah. And everybody have a safe and wonderful new year. Have a safe and wonderful <laughs> new year. Okay. Okay, so, uh, yeah. And you know what? I uh, wrote something for the Daily Banter yesterday. It's out now. Uh, about George H.W. Bush, and I think it kind of says it all the way I presented it on Facebook, which is to my readers and to my friends on Facebook, I just wrote, please don't hate me. (laughs) Because the, the title of the article is, in defense of George H.W. Bush. And it wasn't one, it wasn't a glowing thing where I was trying to make uh, a not good person seem better than they were. I, I noted right. the mistakes that he made and the and his errors in judgment, especially hiring Lee Atwater, who was responsible yeah. for the Willie Horton ad and so on. And and these were all things I did point out, but at the same time I did point out the fact that Maybe George H.W. Bush was the last, quote unquote, reasonable Republican to hold that office. Certainly the last one to enter office with a majority of the popular vote. Uh, That's for sure. So Trump doesn't care about the debt. Now, this is something that I've been screaming about for years now, which is the fact that the Republicans are no longer the party of uh, fiscal responsibility. (laughs) Haven't been for years since Reagan. Oh, yeah. They've given up on that. I mean, totally. They like to say that they are, but they're totally not. I mean, their actions, the way they comport themselves in Congress, the way they define uh, or or actually merge the definition of uh, the debt and the deficit into one thing and use them interchangeably. Like Mitt Romney in 2012 was always doing that, where he was saying, oh, uh, Barack Obama promised to reduce the deficit by half in his first Mm -hmm. term. Uh, In fact, he doubled it. And of course, he wasn't talking about the deficit because Barack Obama had, by the time he was inaugurated for his second term, had reduced the deficit by half. That was an actual thing. Barack Obama actually did cut the deficit in half and by the end of his two terms had reduced the deficit by about $1 trillion. Compare that to Donald Trump who now says uh, that, uh, well, when when the debt gets really out of control, I won't be in office anymore. I won't even be around anymore. So I don't care. I don't mm-hmm. care what happens to the national debt. I know. It, it, uh. 
And of course, <laughs> this is Jody. Isn't this more of the eternal now? This is more of mm-hmm. D- Donald Trump just existing in the eternal now. Nothing matters. All that matters is his personal popularity, which, by the mm-hmm. way, he was bragging is at 50 <laughs> percent, <laughs> according to mommy. You know, mm-hmm. the, Donald Trump does the thing with the uh, cousin on the uh, on the uh, seesaw from the National Lampoon's Vacation. I, mm-hmm. I'm going steady and I French kiss. Oh, yeah, everyone does that. Oh, well, well, daddy says I'm the best at it. <laughs> Rasmussen notoriously is weighted toward Republicans. So, of course, the Rasmussen polls are going to show Donald Trump at 50 percent. But oh, no. Oh, no. Even though he made a graphic in which it's a picture of him with a big 50 percent in white text on the graphic mm-hmm. and then posted that on Twitter. It's actually not 50 percent. It's 49 percent. But then again, right. you know, I nitpick. Uh, the fact is that, uh, I don't know, Reuters, uh, IBD Tip and Gallup both have him at around 40 percent, 39 percent. I think IBD Tip and then 40, uh, maybe 41 percent for Gallup and about the same for Reuters. So it's like, you know, it's just he's p- pointing to the outlier again. Daddy thinks I'm the best at it. This is Donald Trump bragging because a Republican friendly poll shows good news for Donald Trump. But even that is not good news to, to brag about because it just shows that half of the country still hates Donald Trump. I mean, when you think about it, even at 50%, even if it was 50%, according to Rasmussen, Rasmussen, the pro-Trump, pro-Republican pollster, still shows that half the country hates the president. And yet right. he's he's bragging about that. Again, showing us who his primary audience is and, and the audience that he only, only exclusively cares about. And so there's that. But I mean, where was we? We're talking about the debt. <laughs> Right. So mm-hmm. uh, back to that. Um, yeah, he, he said, yeah, but I won't be here. Trump is telling senior officials in early 2017 who attempted to warn him about the impending debt crisis. So this was back when he had first become president. Is that when this timeline is, I guess? Yeah. Of course, everything that, that was that was predicted, everything that was told to him in early 2017 is now, in fact, coming true. What a shock. What a shock that is. Mm-hmm. Even if his own even his own advisors were saying, well, you know, look, you better be careful. <laughs> and you're like, well, no, I don't care because it doesn't matter because I'm not going to be president when the death when the debt actually reaches that danger point. So sleep tight, America. The president mm-hmm. doesn't care about anything that happens after he's president. You know, that's just I mean, that's the ultimate danger. You want to know what divides people like Donald Trump with people like Barack Obama or even George W. Bush or even George H.W. Bush, because previous presidents did good things for the country because they knew that Mm -hmm. they would be remembered in the long run. They want to leave a decent legacy behind. Donald Trump doesn't care about that. Yeah, he doesn't care about his legacy. He just cares about just getting through the day without being arrested. I mean, I think that's the main thing. And probably that's not a bad thing to worry about because he could be arrested at any minute, which then brings us to uh, stupid Watergate. Okay, Robert Mueller's office now has recommended that Michael Flynn serve no jail time because he Mm -hmm. provided substantial assistance with the Russia probe. This uh, sentencing memo. Um, wasn't the orgasmic document that we hoped it would be, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to, you know, reach through your computer monitor and, and rapidly jerk you off in order for it to be an awesome, awesome thing to see. And what we found out, Jody, from this sentencing memo is that Mike Flynn has been extraordinarily cooperative. 
um, mm-hmm. to the point where he could end up avoiding jail time for some very serious crimes. I mean, the the primary one being that he lied to the FBI. Incidentally, um, I don't know if you've seen any Fox News recently. I know you love watching Tucker Carlson. You DVR all the episodes and then binge watch, right, Jody? Yes, always. <laughs> um, he had this guy, Joe DeGeneva, who I'm mm-hmm. not sure who Joe DeGeneva actually is. But apparently he's some sort of expert uh, for Tucker Carlson to have on a show. And he was saying something to the effect of uh, that there's, first of all, there's no indication of collusion uh, and that uh, the FBI agents who spoke with Flynn said Flynn didn't lie to them. Really? Yes. This is the new line coming out. And we've got a bunch of new uh, like bullshit excuses that the Fox News people have come up with for why Donald Trump and all of his people are completely innocent and how this is a rigged witch hunt by, you know, the angry Democrats and Robert Mueller. The excuse that DeGeneva brought up is that um, the FBI agents who spoke with Flynn said Flynn didn't lie to them but that that was just that's a complete misreading of what happened first of all first of all okay. the fbi agents who spoke with flynn about his contacts with turkey and russia and so on uh and certainly uh uh kisliak mm-hmm. said that uh, his body language didn't necessarily indicate that he was lying although they found out very quickly soon after that that of course he was lying And you know what? This argument doesn't even matter anymore because he already pleaded guilty to lying. I mean, it's the dumbest goddamn thing. Here's that. Uh, here's the clip of Joe DeGeneva with Tucker Carlson talking about this nonsense. It's the money, man. That's oh, right. Wait, money. No, wish everybody a very happy holiday. I can't it's believe Merry it. Christmas, it's the wrong. Hanukkah, and everybody have a safe and wonderful new year. Have a safe and wonderful new year. Safe uh, and wonderful new year. Safe. And remember, when you say happy holidays, this is what it means. Merry Christmas. It means happy Hanukkah and have a safe and happy new year. <laughs> It's the money man. That's right. Any money. Okay. Um, I I don't really have a clip. I'm not going to play a Tucker Carlson clip. God damn it. Those of you who thought I was going to do that. Shame on you. (laughs) Um, Okay. So um, with this uh, sensing memo, uh, we learned uh, Mueller is not wrapping things up. I know we talked about this on Tuesday, that it's possible Mm -hmm. that Mueller is finished or getting close to being finished. And but I don't think that's happening. I don't think that's in the works. I think, I think there's, there's still, more. I think there's more to go. Yeah, long, long way to go still on this. But uh, so we'll wait and see. Uh, I mean, I I really think Flynn is going to avoid prison uh, prison sentence, and that's that's to me the most telling aspect of this because to avoid a prison prison sentence for all of those terrible things indicates that he was giving them a lot. I mean, how many different uh, sit downs 19 different times they sat down and Yeah, that's a lot. And he was interviewed, yeah. I mean, the big takeaway I think is that number, the number 19 as far as the number of times mm-hmm. he sat down with the uh, with the prosecutors from Mueller's office and and just gave them everything. Why do you think and this is a topic that Rachel was discussing last night, so I thought we'd uh, we'd bring it up here. Why do you think um Trump has not publicly attacked Mike Flynn. Do you have any idea? Do you have any clue? Do you have any theories huh. about that? That's a good question. Yeah, because I mean, it seems like he, he he's obviously he's been, not. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He hasn't said a damn thing about Mike Flynn. And Mike Flynn's been cooperating for longer than any of the other uh, suspects in all of this. Mm-hmm. Certainly longer than Manafort, which is just a recent development. Uh, and the same goes. Well, Michael Cohen's been cooperating since what mid August ish, somewhere yeah. around there. 
And uh, and certainly Donald Trump has been screeching about both of those guys on mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter, but nothing about Mike Flynn. Do you think maybe? Oh, certainly. I, I don't think he's screamed about Rick Gates either. And Rick That's Gates true. has been has been blabbing all this time as well. Um, right. Nothing about either of those guys. I, here's my theory, Jody. It's my theory is that uh, Mike Flynn. Uh, is being protected or was being protected at least to a certain degree by Russia. I think Russia wanted Mike Flynn to remain as national security advisor because of course that he was compromised and would be willing to turn over through uh, coercion, be willing to uh, turn over uh, national security information to the Russians. So of course the Russians Mm -hmm. wanted Mike Flynn to remain in that spot and it's possible that through whatever line of communication between Moscow and the White House, uh, Trump got the word that that Putin wanted Flynn to remain as national security advisor, which is maybe why Donald Trump went to James Comey and said, uh, Jim, Jim, <laughs> we've got, of course, have this Bob. Shut up, Bob. Bob. No, come on, Bob. Uh, Bob. Oh, come on. Cut it out. All right. What do we have this one? Jim. Jim. Jim Comey. <laughs> Lay off Mike Flynn. Go easy on him. Right. And so maybe he said that to Jim Comey because Russia wanted him to say that to Jim Comey to protect, to keep maybe. Mike Flynn in that office. And then meanwhile, maybe Mike Flynn is such a sacred cow in the eyes of uh, of Moscow, in the eyes of the Kremlin that uh, that Trump is staying away. Like, uh, you don't mess with Mike Flynn publicly. Like, he's, it's like Mike Flynn and Vladimir Putin are two guys that Trump just does not screw around with. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because Trump screws around. Trump plays grab ass on everybody. I mean, everyone he can, everyone that, f- like, is in his field of vision, he's come up with some new nickname for, some ridiculous child recess bully nickname for, uh, except for Mike Flynn and Vladimir Putin. And what does that tell us? It, it tells us that, of course, of course, he's terrified of what Mike Flynn is saying and doing. Right. Because, of course, Mike Flynn knows where the bodies are buried, so to speak. So, Literally. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see uh, how this continues on down the road. Uh, but again, don't count on this being over anytime soon. I know, once again, I was saying uh, on Tuesday's show with Buzz Burbank, uh, I said to Buzz, well, you know, maybe uh, Mueller wants to wrap up because the presidential election season is around the corner and he doesn't want to have to uh, deal with, uh, oh, it's a political witch hunt because of the Democrats. They're all running against Trump now. And we, you know, the Mueller doesn't want to be seen. Uh, did I just say the Mueller? The Mueller doesn't yeah, want to be seen. You did say the Mueller, like like the Meg. Like. <laughs> That's right, like the Meg. That's actually not a bad comparison. It actually isn't. Oh, my God. But yeah, so uh, so maybe that's it. Maybe Robert Mueller doesn't want to be uh, painted as, as being this further political operative. Uh, so, so we'll wait and see on that. Um, okay, so I, of, of course, am getting, uh, getting old. Uh, Jody, uh, as 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 we both are, sadly, although I'm getting older more rapidly as a uh, as I as day to day, I watch my hair fall out. And, and you know, I Yours do mind both. Yeah, I, I end up thro- <laughs> I end up sneezing and throwing my back out at the same time. I think you can actually once you get to a certain age, those of you who are younger or millennial listeners, good luck when you get to the age where when you sneeze, suddenly you pull a muscle in your back. That is the worst. Totally. 
Oh, my God. Here's the other thing that you have to look forward to, millennials. Life insurance, which can be totally intimidating, frustrating, and boring, but you need to have it. And who wants to think about dying, right? But having life insurance is a great feeling, knowing your family won't have to start a GoFundMe to stay afloat. So how do you shop for the best deal, the best policy for you without a big hassle or a lot of red tape? Where do you start? Who do you trust? Do your research? Sounds risky and still boring unless unless you go to policygenius.com. Even if, even if you know nothing about insurance, policygenius.com guides you to the policy that's right for you and in just two minutes. I was able to do it. I, I didn't time myself, but I know it was less than two minutes for, for me to find my policy through policygenius.com. It does all the work for you. Unbiased advisors comparing quotes from all the top companies to save you money. You get peace of mind knowing that over 4 million people have used Policy Genius, not just for life insurance, but home, auto, and disability insurance to protect your income. With a recession right around the corner, nothing could be more important. And all of it, it's so easy. Stop putting off having life insurance you know you need. Take two minutes on your phone right now. Do it right now to make the right decision for you and your family at policygenius.com. It's the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. Do it now. The Bob Seska Show. Seska Show. All right, welcome back to our, what day is it, Thursday? Yeah, it's our Thursday show. Thursday the 6th. Yeah, December 6th. Jody's here. Yeah, I, just, I noticed a, a tweet from uh, Tom Nichols. Who, by the way, you can hear me interviewing on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Show. It's also on iTunes now. And, oh, by the way, speaking of iTunes, our interview with Tony Atamanik from The President Woo! Show, the best Trump impersonator out there, subversive, satirical, effing hilarious. That interview is now up on iTunes for all of our iTunes listeners to, to check out now. It's a great interview. He is so goddamn smart, Tony Atamanik. Mm-hmm. So go and listen to that interview. Uh, you get your super progressive fix. For, I swear to God, in that interview, it's like a, 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 a liberal gasm. The whole <laughs> 50, 55 minute interview with Tony Atamanik. So go and listen to that now. And, uh, and pick up his book. Makes a great book for the holidays. American Tantrum is the book that he wrote. Uh, I think he wrote it as uh, Donald Trump. Uh, so, so go check that out through our Amazon link, by the way, at bobseska.com. And uh, while you're there, make sure to pick up some candles, some banded masculine candles from Chris Lavoie, uh, yes. including the brand new gingerbread man scent, which I was talking about that before. Uh, appropriate because, of course, man, it's a man, gingerbread man. <laughs> Man, or, or I know I love the conversation that they had on uh, the Stephanie Miller show where they just—I I think it was Dana Eagle came up with the the concept that oh these aren't just man candles these are lesbian candles so I think <laughs> lesbians will enjoy these candles just as much as the guys will too so okay uh, thank you for doing that um, all right so uh, a former White House official we just got word of this today uh, he's worried about how Trump will respond to Mueller's report. I think Mueller, he thinks uh, Donald Trump is just going to melt down. And of course, my reaction to that is, duh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, haven't we been saying, we've been saying for a long, long time now that uh, the closer Mueller gets to Donald Trump's gigantic orange pumpkin head, 
the crazier Donald Trump is going to behave. So this guy, whoever this former White House official is, thinks that uh, Donald Trump is just going to totally, and this is a quote, go off the rails in response Mm -hmm. to Mueller's finding. Great. And, And there are things that he could do that other presidents have done, certainly in times of much greater crisis, but I mean, there have been other circumstances, even Abraham Lincoln. Um, issued an arrest warrant for the chief justice of the Supreme Court during the Civil Mm -hmm. War. That was was an actual thing. And Mm -hmm. I I can only imagine the Glenn Greenwald people if they were around on Twitter (laughs) during the Abraham Lincoln administration. Uh, Abraham Lincoln is nothing but a corporate dem. Uh, Like, I imagine, like, (laughs) exactly listening to uh, Cenk Uger's show. Uh, but by the way, Cenk, oh my God, the other day, Cenk was uh, screaming about uh, corporate Democrats uh running in kansas okay (laughs) what's wrong with this message yeah you know what democrats in kansas have to be a little more conservative than think yeah than democrats (laughs) in hawaii or seattle or new york city you know it's just that's the way you know kansas is and and yet Trump, Trump, Jenk uh, is there trying to, you know, I don't know, go the Democrats in Kansas into being more progressive, even though you know that that's going to be a political death sentence for them. On top of the fact that speaking of corporations, I'm sure the Young Turks Network isn't a nonprofit organization. Yeah. So there's that too, just to bear in mind. So anyway, so um, we're gonna. <laughs> We're going to hopefully uh, not see Donald Trump go to those lengths where he's uh, declaring martial law and arresting you know, members of the Supreme Court or doing whatever. But, you know, anything's possible these days. With this do you guy. think do you think he'd be able to get away with it in the fe- in the sense that we're not in a time of war at the moment? There isn't a, a national security crisis happening. I know the tariffs are that's the excuse for the tariffs. Yeah. But I mean, do you honestly think that that? Uh, Every Republican that's serving right now would be like, I mean, right now, aren't the Republicans going against him on Saudi Arabia? Um, well, yeah, mildly, but there cert- I think if it came down to a, a vote, I mean, certainly mm-hmm. I think with Saudi Arabia, they voted against uh, Donald Trump's position on Saudi Arabia. Right. I think the Republicans did that. But I, I think they see that as a minor issue that they can kind of get away with. But when mm-hmm. it comes to uh, to boxing in the president uh, regarding the Mueller investigation, they're right. going to be way more. I mean, they certainly won't vote. on. I mean, they've got the votes, but they're certainly not going to vote a, on a protect Mueller piece of legislation. Well, that's one person holding that up. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, going back to, to what uh, Trump may do in the event that Mueller comes out and so it just recommends maybe to the House uh, articles of impeachment or actually indicts the president, uh, uh, presidential historian Michael Beschloss weighed in on this uh, on MSNBC earlier today. And here's what Michael Beschloss had to say about that. This is the money man. That's right. Oh, Anybody wishing everybody a very happy holiday. That's a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, and everybody have a safe and wonderful New Year. Have a safe, a safe one. Have a safe. Um, that wasn't Michael Beschloss. That was someone else. That was Eddie Money. Sounded just like him, though. That's how I picture his voice in my head. The the Money Man, Eddie Money. Um, okay. So meanwhile, uh, Judge Napolitano is even. When was he a judge? Like twenty years ago, and they're still calling. I him have a no judge? idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Napolitano thinks Don Jr. is going to be indicted like any minute now. So Napolitano joined uh, Mediate founder and ABC News chief legal analyst Dan Abrams 
on a serious XM show today, discussed big news from the Michael Flynn sentencing memo last night, the other night, in which uh, it's revealed the former national security advisor has provided substantial assistance to the special counsel's office and in other investigations. Napolitano said it's a huge deal and noted that Flynn has been cooperating with Mueller's office for quite a while now. Mm -hmm. Uh, He brought up the possibility of a connection between Trump investigations and the Deutsche Bank raid before saying the Mm -hmm. quote, the president himself should be extremely uncomfortable about this. Abrams asked if he expects anyone in uh, the president's inner circle is going to get indicted. and, And Napolitano said, yes. I don't know who, but I do know that Don Jr. has told friends that he expects to be indicted. Yeah, this is great fucking news. Yep. I mean, as you all know, I'm much more interested in seeing Don Jr. indicted than I am Donald Trump indicted. I mean, it's not that I don't want Donald Trump to be indicted, too. I just don't think he will be. But Donald Trump Jr., Jr., on the other hand is so completely screwed. Anyway, so here's uh, here's Judge Napolitano giving us his assessment about whether Don Jr. will be indicted. This is the money, man. That's oh, right. Any money. Yeah. Wow. Happy on. holiday. That's a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, and everybody have a safe and wonderful new year. <laughs> this Thank is you. safe. Thank you, money Thank man. You, Thank money. you, Eddie Money. Eddie Money. The money man. The money Eddie man. Money. That's right, Eddie Money. Um, <laughs> okay, so, uh, so there's that. Meanwhile, did you see Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, just uh, going Rudy. full Abe Simpson with his <laughs> stupid, stupid tweet This goddamn idiot, I mean, it's no wonder Donald Trump is in so much legal jeopardy because his his like his lead TV lawyer is just an all around idiot. I mean, he he fired off this tweet in which he wrote uh, G20 period at the end of a sentence. The the sentence ended with G20. I'll just read the whole sentence. Mueller filed an indictment just as uh, the president left for the G20. Then he, then he ended the sentence with a period supposed to be there, but didn't didn't create a space before the next sentence, right? So it was G20 mm-hmm. period, and then immediately the word in, as if to say in July, he indicted the Russians who will never come here, just blah, 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 blah. So what happened is that became a hot link automatically, because if you do anything dot anything else... That's going to make it look like a link. And so some wonderful, wonderful person registered the domain name g-20.in. I love that person. Thus giving a destination to the accidental link that Rudy Giuliani put in this, uh, in this tweet. So then if you go to g20.in, it says... Donald Trump is a traitor to our country, breaking special counsel calls, ex-National Security Advisor Mike Flynn's cooperation, substantial recommends no jail time. So that's what you see when you go to g-20.in. That is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And then Rudy, just like Abe Simpson, I mean, you know what? Explaining this to Rudy is kind of like explaining Netflix to my dad, who's 80 years old. So he doesn't know uh, what is is that a channel? I don't know how do you do I get that channel? Do I have to pay for the channel? It's not a channel, Dad. It's a streaming service. Well, I don't understand. How do I get it on my TV? Uh, you have to get it on you have to, do you understand the internet? <laughs> so that's Dad, does your TV attach to the internet? If so, we can help you. Right, right. So here's what Rudy Giuliani said uh in response to all of this. He said, Twitter allowed someone to invade my text. 
<laughs> with a disgusting anti-president message. An anti-president message. Interesting. They didn't say anti-Trump message. It's an right. anti-president message. The same thing, period. He said the same thing, hyphen, period. No space hyphen occurred later. <laughs> and it didn't happen. And this makes no sense. The same. Th- oh, I see what he did. He wrote a. See, this is his mistake. He doesn't understand punctuation. He wrote. Right. He put. He put in a hyphen instead of a dash instead of an M dash here. So he said the mm-hmm. same thing. Period. No space occurred later, and it didn't happen. But it looks like it says the same thing. Period. No space occurred later, <laughs> and it didn't happen. <laughs> so. Don't tell me they are not committed card-carrying anti-Trumpers. Who is he talking oh, about please. here? I guess Twitter? Is Twitter? he saying the Twitter? It's got to be Twitter, yeah. Don't tell me they are not committed card-carrying anti-Trumpers. Time Magazine also may oh, fit yeah. that description. What? What? <laughs> Time Magazine. He's going, well, of course, Time Magazine has those awesome covers with Donald Trump underwater and right. <laughs> you know his hair flying all around and papers flying all around. So I guess he's just randomly thinking of Time Magazine. Uh, but, I mean, there's also a chance that he's uh, he's thinking of onions on his belt. One trick is to tell him stories that don't go anywhere. Oh, yes, Mr. Like Mayor? the time I caught the ferry over to Shelbyville. You mean Newark? I needed a new heel for my shoe. In Staten Island. So I decided to go to Morganville, which is what they call Shelbyville in those days. Yeah, th- so hey, I just pot down Mr. Giuliani there. Okay, he can go back to Fox news bye now bye-bye bye-bye okay so and then, by the way i did play the actual clip you know i could have just played this is the money man oh, that's right hey, anyway wishing again. everybody a very happy holiday that's a merry christmas a happy hanukkah and everybody have a safe and wonderful new year safe and wonderful new year where's my safe co- and wonderful new year yeah, more more cocaine please right here chop yeah. chop 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 take me home tonight with your cocaine bindle <laughs> uh okay so <laughs> meanwhile uh, this is another stupid tactic that you're seeing a lot of on Fox News these days. And by you, I mean me. I'm seeing a lot of this on Fox News these days. Um, it's to say that Mueller's prosecution is one-sided. And that Donald Trump deserves a chance to respond with his, what, his own investigation? His own when, counter-investigation? Is that... What aren't we're all prosecutions one-sided? Yes, exactly right. I mean, you can defend yourself in court. I mean, that's your right under the Constitution. You can have a defense attorney or a team of defense attorneys. I mean, let's say, for example, you can hire guys like mm, Emmett Flood or Mm -hmm. Rudy Giuliani (laughs) to represent you. Janine Pirro. Janine Pirro. These people can defend you in court. But I don't understand what Alan Dershowitz means by how the prosecution is one-sided. It always is one-sided. The prosecution presents its side of a case, and the defense presents its side of said case, and then a jury or a judge decides. Because, you know, my my law degree is in law and order. (laughs) That's right. That's your PhD in law and order. That's your area Uh, area of concentration. Yes, Uh, it's just law and order, uh, the original SVU, the one that was on briefly in Los Angeles, and then the one that was just uh, big cases. I mean, it was all the law and orders, criminal intent. Right. Jury, all of those. That's where I get my law degree. Um, but yeah, prosecution is one-sided. Duh. CSI was your minor, right? Your minor. Yeah, I minored in CSI <laughs> and NCIS. All of them. <laughs> That's right. All the initials. 
All the, <laughs> All the best and most tremendous initials. Yes. Um, okay, so you know what this is from Alan Dershowitz? This is just, and this is their standard operating procedure. This is what they've been doing for a long, long time now, which is just feeding bullshit to their people. Here's here's another way, uh, uh, Red Hats, for you to look stupid at work. <laughs> You know, make yeah. sure when you're standing around the water cooler at work today, make sure you look like a complete idiot in defense of Donald Trump. Make sure you go in and you tell your coworkers, well, I think, uh, you know, uh, Robert Mueller's got his say, but what about the president? I think the president deserves a say. President deserves to respond. He and, has been, I thought. Yeah. And, and of course he has been. And I maybe this maybe the other thing is, is that this is a means of defending Donald Trump's responses as not being. Uh, witness tampering or obstruction of justice. <laughs> Maybe this is uh, Dershowitz basically saying, well, the president's allowed to go on Twitter and interfere with this ongoing investigation mm-hmm. using the office of the presidency in order to completely mm-hmm. derail the thing, uh, which is no. therefore by definition obstruction of justice. It's not obstruction of justice. It's just the president responding. But that's not no. how it works. As Jody Hamilton, how- yeah, as Jody Hamilton learned in her uh, her law and order degree, yeah, um, it's a big it's a big degree. It is. It is. And congratulations. <laughs> it's taken me 30 years to get it. <laughs> That's right. But I mean, what you learn as you're achieving that degree is that <laughs> you defend yourself in court. That is how the mm-hmm. process works. You go to court with a lawyer and then the court, the, then your lawyer defends you by presenting counter evidence to the prosecution right. and so on. And then a jury decides. Obstruction of justice is not... A, a valid response. That's why it's called obstruction of justice and is against the law. But meanwhile, uh, Trump claims to have compromise on congressional Democrats. And this may explain uh, Lindsey Graham, why Lindsey Graham made such a, a strange and bizarre turnaround. As soon as John McCain was buried, Lindsey Graham suddenly became like the most rabid red hat out there. Yeah. And I think maybe, you know, I'd, li- I'd like to say on one hand that Donald Trump probably doesn't have anything on anyone that he's just using, uh, you know, Kremlin tactics to intimidate incoming house Democrats. Mm-hmm. And, and that's his whole point. But on the other hand, he may have compromise. I mean, he may have had his friends at the GRU, which is Russian military intelligence, uh, send him over some documentation that he can use to manipulate Democrats not working so far, uh, no. not completely ineffective because Adam Schiff isn't backing down. Jerry Nadler's not backing down. Nancy Pelosi sure as shit isn't backing down. So I think it's bullshit, 100% bullshit from the president. So, um, all right, yeah, I want to dig into uh, North Carolina here in just a second. We've got to take one last break. We'll come back and uh, wrap up the show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place 
one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yes, it is. Welcome back today. Thank you for joining us, right? Um, okay, so North Carolina is infuriating to watch because we got him. I mean, it's like the John Oliver thing. We've got him! We've got him! <laughs> we do. I mean, they were caught red-handed. Uh, this is a case of big-time election fraud in the North Carolina 9th, where I think the Republican holds a uh, like a 905-vote lead over Democrat Dan McCready. Uh, it's Mark Harris is the Republican, Dan McCready is Democrat. And, uh, and of course, that margin it could be completely reversed if they go back into the absentee ballots that were manipulated in favor of the Republican by Republican operatives. This is, I mean, we're at the point now, Jody, where it's, uh, it's so obvious that the Republicans just simply cannot win anymore with a straightaway popular vote. They need to uh, gerrymander congressional districts. They need to gerrymander state legislature districts, as we're seeing, of course, in Wisconsin, where, what, 53%, the Democrats won 53% of the popular vote in that state, but yet the Republicans control 64% of the state legislature. That indicates to me that there is something horrendously wrong with how the districts are drawn in that state in particular. And now we turn to, uh, of course, uh, states like uh, Georgia, where the where Brian Kemp just stuck a bunch of absentee ballots in a drawer. Oh, I, I don't know what these are for. They, oh, they, that's right. They didn't pass the exact match muster through our exact match law which is just fucking stupid, a very simple way to disenfranchise voters, right? Well, a similar thing has happened in, uh, in North Carolina. A Democratic member of the House Oversight Committee and Government Reform uh, Committee is calling for an emergency hearing to examine allegations of election fraud in North Carolina's 9th District race in which Republican Mark Harris leads by 905 vo- votes. This is from the Washington Post, by the way. State election officials are investigating charges that a political operative working for the Harris campaign oversaw a crew of workers who illegally collected mail-in absentee ballots from voters. The operative, Leslie McCray Dowless, remember that name, Leslie Dowless, worked primarily in Bladen County. Quote, real election fraud is playing out right before us, said Representative uh, Gerald Connolly, a Democrat from Virginia, senior oversight committee member. Votes have been stolen by preying on our senior and minority voters, and now a cloud of doubt and suspicion hangs over this election result. It looks like the Democrats are now going to call for a revote there. And I'm talking about the congressional de- Democrats led by Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Meanwhile, a spokesman for Republican chairman of, of that same committee, uh, Trey Gowdy, said the House Administration Committee has primary jurisdiction over voting matters or election matters. Connolly's call for an emergency hearing comes one day after incoming House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer said Democrats might refuse to seat Harris until substantial, quote-unquote, questions about the integrity of his election are resolved. This, I don't know why this isn't a more colossal story, because they, I mean, this is again... A situation that maybe not at the presidential level, so maybe it's not as severe as Watergate. And I'm very hesitant to throw around the gate thing uh, when any political scandal comes up. 
But this is, again, this is like a congressional-level Watergate where the Democrats were deliberately flummoxed by Republican operatives in, name, in the name of their Republican congressional candidate, this guy Mark Harris, and, and they got away with it, where the guy actually ended up winning by 905 votes. But again, you have to look at those absentee ballots that were monkeyed with uh, by Dallas and these other officials uh, to, to find out who actually won. And there's, I think at this point, there's really no way of telling based on the actual absentee ballots. I think you're, they're just going to have to redo the whole goddamn thing. They should, but then it'll be a lower voter turnout. I mean, who knows? But yeah, I agree. I think, well, there's, I think Florida should be redone. I think Georgia should be redone. I think Wisconsin needs to shut the L, the F up. Yeah, yeah. Well, Wisconsin is <laughs> Michigan, a, Wisconsin. Yep. I mean, all of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, this is a case where we're seeing time and time again. And in, in a lot of cases, even with voter ID, they actually confess to it, where they talk about how voter ID is going to help elect more Republicans. We have numerous quotes along those lines. But, I mean, this is an interesting development. The executive director of the North Carolina Republican Party says he supports a new election if yeah. allegations of fraud in the 9th Congressional District race are proven true and it impacted the outcome of the, the race. Dallas Woodhouse which is, of course, my radio name in 1979. I don't know if you're aware of that, Jody. I was Dallas Woodhouse on the radio. Claimed that uh, CNN's Drew Griffin, claimed to CNN's Drew Griffin, he was so upset after watching CNN's coverage of the controversy last night that he vomited. Quote, this has shaken us to the core, he said. We are not ready to call for a, a new election yet, said Woodhouse. I think we have to let the Board of Elections come show their hand if they can show that this is conceivably or that this conceivably could have flipped the race in that neighborhood. Uh, we will absolutely support a new election. So a little bit of uh, nation over party, huh? don't you think? Yeah, good for him. Yeah, his comments come as the North Carolina Bureau, uh, State Bureau of Investigation, the Wake County District Attorney's Office, and the State Board of Elections are investigating allegations that, uh, again, uh, Dallas, who worked for Republican candidate Mark Harris's campaign, used absentee ballots to alter the vote in Bladen County. Harris is a Baptist minister, by the way, who ousted Representative Robert Pittenger in a Republican primary this year, leads Democrat Dan McCready by 905 votes. But investigators are probing whether some absentee ballots were altered by Dallas and a loosely connected group working, working with him or collected from voters but never turned in. Dallas worked for uh, Red Dome Group, a GOP political consulting firm that Harris paid more than $400,000 to. God damn it. Well, you know, this indicates one major thing to me that actually makes me feel a little bit better about all of this is that, and, and this, you can actually wrap the Trump news into it too. The Mueller news, the, the, the system appears to be holding together. It's, it's severely weakened, make no mistake, but overall I'm actually kind of pleased. I thought by this point and the, expanding this conversation out to Donald Trump and, and the Trump crisis, I actually thought by this point we'd be in a lot more trouble that we're in. And that's not to say we're not in trouble. I mean, we absolutely are in trouble. This is still a crisis, and this will remain a crisis until Trumpism is stamped out and, uh, and, and embarrassed out of existence, humiliated out of existence. But in the meantime, you know, it seems like 
institutions are standing up to these people. I mean, we've got an emoluments case against Donald Trump. We've got all these criminal investigations against Donald Trump. We've got Donald Trump's family members under threat of indictment. Things happen to be holding up and and thank God for it. And and to me, that's the, the downside of all of that is that it's holding up so well that it's just ripe for Donald Trump to go in and deliberately start screwing around. And if you haven't noticed, we still don't have a new appointee to become attorney general. Yeah. He hasn't named anyone yet. Not a single. I mean, so we could end up with Matt Whitaker for the foreseeable future. And there are some, there's a rumor going around, Jody, that uh, Matt Whitaker has quietly recused himself. That's, I think what I, that's what I heard, too. It's like, and well, aren't there 400 people in the Justice Department that signed letters saying they, you know, they don't have faith in this appointment, yada, yada, yada. I mean, if he wants to appoint Whitaker, great. Then he has to go through the process. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, I think they call it a sub rosa uh, recusal uh-huh. where he's recused himself, but he's done so quietly so Donald Trump doesn't know about it. But that, I mean, that kind of makes sense because with this Flynn sentencing memo, we found out right. that... Uh, it was uh, Rod Rosenstein. Oh, and also the uh, the Michael Cohen thing that Rod mm-hmm. Rosenstein was overseeing and approving those particular moves uh, by the special counsel's office. <clears throat> and so it's entirely possible then that Rod Rosenstein is still supervising the special counsel's investigation and that Matt Whitaker has quietly and privately recused himself so i don't know maybe you know it's we we don't we don't know but so far so good i think that's the ultimate uh point of what i'm getting at here meanwhile uh donald trump's use of air force one to campaign for republican candidates during the midterms cost taxpayers about (laughs) get ready 17 million dollars yep oh my god $17 $17 million, and a lot of this should be reimbursed to American taxpayers by the Trump campaign or by the right. NRCC or the, the RNC. One of these p- political campaign outfits has to reimburse uh, the United States government. For and that's how it's normally done. Like when other presidents have gone out to campaign using Air Force One and you know what they normally have when they travel. So when Barack yes. Obama was out... The DNC and or the Obama campaign, say, in 2011, 2012, was reimbursing us. Okay, that's all I need. Good. Then we should be getting our money back. Oh, my. Can you hold on? The doorbell rang. Oh, wow. How about that? Hold, please. I'll let you know what's going on. Okay. All right. Oh, here. Hello. Who's at Jody Hamilton's door? This is the money man. That's right. Anybody wishing everybody a very happy holiday. That's a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, and everybody have a safe and wonderful new year. Uh, Everybody have a safe and wonderful new year here at Jody Hamilton's house. Hey, how are you? Anybody have any cocaine? Put it up my nose immediately. Lots of it. Uh, Okay, so but it turns out the Trump campaign has only reimbursed the Treasury roughly $112,000 for air travel. Yes, that's right. Yeah, not, not quite... Not quite seventeen million dollars. Well, he's not home, so I had to get it. It was Mike, our FedEx guy. Uh, oh, you know, you know who I thought it was. I thought it was the Money Man. That's right, Eddie Money. It's the Money Should Man. That's right, Eddie Money. Wishing everybody a very happy holiday. That's a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, and everybody have a safe and wonderful New Year. Yeah, it's the Money Man. Um, just looking for all the cocaine. Uh, do you have any spare cocaine that you can pass out to? Not since the eighties. Money, Man. Money Man's walking around. Money Man. That's right, Eddie Money's walking around Hollywood just looking for cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> 
knocking on everyone's door. Hello, I'd like some cocaine. Give it, give it to me right now. Just stick it right up my nose. That'll be great. Have an, and by the way, have a very safe, safe and happy new year. Um, I was just saying too that the Trump campaign has only reimbursed the Treasury only one hundred twelve thousand dollars for air travel. Are you kidding? And didn't, uh, don't they owe somebody else money? Like in some city don't they owe money too because they had to get extra security or something you know what they owe everyone money i mean (laughs) obviously donald trump is notorious for not paying his bills he's the the exact opposite of the lannisters in game of thrones he never pays his debts so that's right donald trump is worse than the lannisters in game of thrones i just hope he doesn't have to attend a wedding anytime soon Okay, uh, lots more to talk about with Jody Hamilton on the Postmortem Show coming up on uh, our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Show. Go there, sign up for just $1 a month, and then you get access to our gigantic community of, uh, of friendly, hilarious, smart listeners who will welcome you with open arms. Yes, the, all the conversation is happening over there around the show. Everything is happening there. You can actually post your own uh, materials, your own thoughts, your own blog posts, so to speak, in the community tab on our Patreon page. You can get access to that for just $1 a month. But if you sign up at $5 a month, you get the postmortem show. And that's where, uh, after this music is done playing, we keep on talking. All the stuff that we didn't get to on the uh, free portion of the show We just keep gabbing about once this music is over. So go and do that. And thank you so much for for signing up and uh, and supporting the show on our Patreon page. Oh, look, I I have to do some plugs. I haven't done plugs in a long time, so let's do some plugs, Jody. Uh, Buzz Burbank can be found at buzzburbank.com and at Michael J. Elston on Twitter. Uh, Jody Hamilton can be found at from-the-bunker.com and from-the-bunker-junior-jr. On Twitter, Jackie Schechner's at investigaterussia.org, at Jackie Schechner for all of your latest Russia news. Uh, Stephanie Miller shows at stephaniemiller.com and at Steph Miller Show on Twitter. Kimberly Johnson can be found at patreon.com slash startmeup. She's going to be interviewing uh, Kristen Johnston from the hit show Mom. That's exciting. Yeah, that's coming up next Wednesday. I can't wait for that. It's just going to be Kimberly and Kristen. Two tall girls uh, talking about all things television and body image and politics and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, plus, uh, Kristen Johnson has a uh, Johnston. i got to get that last name right because I always want to say Johnson because of Kimberly Johnson. Anyway, that's coming up on uh, Patreon.com slash StartMeUp. David Ferguson can be found at Facebook.com slash Band, And Jen Kirkman's tour dates can be found at JenKirkman.com. Postmortem show coming up next. See you over there, folks. Bye bye.